Hey, hello. I wasn't ready for that. Sorry. Uh, it's Chet Czar, and I'm here with another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. Today is episode 161. Can you believe we're up to 161? What a trip. I'm sure it's a trip for a lot of you two who have been listening since the beginning. I, 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 I can't believe it. It seemed like it was going to take forever to get Pat up to 100 even. And now we're well on our way to 200. Anyway, today's episode is an interview with Lara Dan, who's a, an old friend and a great painter. I really love her work. And uh, so we had a great, fun, casual chat and uh, hit a lot of different uh, subjects, but it was uh, it was great. So I'm looking forward to bringing that to you. She's a gr- really great person, really cool, and um, great painter. So... Okay, what's been happening? Let me give you the art life update here. Uh, it's weird. It's weird. Every week it's weird. It's only weird because it's not that weird for me. That's the weirdest part. Uh, what have I been doing? I've basically <clears throat> I've been getting a lot of website orders, which is just tripping me out because I expected some massive downturn. And I'm sure that will happen at some point. But for now, I've been you know, getting, getting some orders in for prints and stuff. So I've just been dealing with that. A lot of shipping, trying to stay on top of it. Um, uh, I haven't got my San Jose posters going yet, but I'm going to do that hopefully right after I finish this recording and, uh, the, the tool poster doodles. And, um, I got delivered a bunch of others that I have to do next month. Doodles of, of people's posters that send them to me. So that's, Man, this thing has just taken off in ways I never expected. This whole tool poster thing, it's quite a trip. Uh, other than that, um, you know, the, the only thing of note I can think of to talk about was that I saw the, the Midnight Gospels on Netflix. Now, you're probably have seen me talk about it on Facebook. You've probably heard from other people how great it is, but I was so impressed and blown away by this show that uh, I have to watch it again. Uh, I've been I've been talking to all kinds of people about it. Sig Neutron, um, you, you might know from the, uh, I'm not sure what episode, but I interviewed him on here. He's a friend and uh, he wants me to have him on his show to talk the Midnight Gospels because he loved it so much. But if you haven't seen it yet, it's really amazing. It's hilarious and totally psychedelic and weird. And the animation is great. And the subjects are deep. Uh, I first heard about it from Jason Louv, who is my magic teacher on magic.me. And because he's in it, he's in episode five. And um, Damian Eccles also, I think, believe he's in episode three, maybe. So it's got a lot of really great. Uh, uh, scholars on on different subjects like magic and psychedelics and um, spirituality and death and and then it it it, it, it tear uh, the final episode just kind of rips your heart out. It's pretty amazing, just an incredible job. But it's kind of like an extension of the Duncan Trussell podcast. I it, I'm not sure how they did it. I, I should ask Damien um, because it's like. It seems like they just used the audio from the podcast and then made a show around it. But I'm not sure if maybe they just they scripted the audio and then redid it to re-record it. Uh, I don't know. 
but it's it's great. It's such a cool idea. Great, great show. So I would suggest that everybody watch the Midnight Gospels. It's really the best thing I've seen in a long time. And it's really, um, you know, it's just exciting for me to see magic and things of that nature talked about on a mainstream platform by people who know what they're talking about instead of people making documentaries about Crowley and, you know, Satanism and stuff, people that have no idea what they're talking about completely misunderstanding the whole thing so it's an exciting time i always feel like there's kind of an equilibrium that happens in life so when things get really bad there's always some really good thing happening at the same time and i think with 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 covid 19 going on and, and all this fear and panic and anxiety and stress and sickness and people losing their jobs these, there's a lot of like good things popping up at the same time to kind of keep the keep the balance in a weird way. Now, of course, I don't know that this is true. This is just kind of a theory, <laughs> an unfounded theory of mine. It just kind of seems that way sometimes. But anyway, check it out. Check it out. Uh, so um, let's let's get to the new new subscribers here and then get on with this. Uh, okay, if you want to join the Dark Art Society Patreon and help support this podcast continue for another 160 episodes, you can join for only a dollar. Um, <clears throat> you get the, uh, you get the, here's, I'm going to give the pitch, the, the quick pitch. Okay, so the quick pitch is this. You, subs- you can subscribe for a dollar a month, as little as a dollar a month, although some of the um, names I'm mentioning are subscribing for more than that because they're generous and they can afford it, I suppose. So, um, you can do that too, if you can afford it. Uh, the cool thing is I put out the podcast a day early. You're part of the Patreon, the dark art society, Patreon community. You get to go in the dark art society, secret Facebook cooperative group where that's really active. It's one of the few bright spots of Facebook nowadays. Um, and, There's a website we built. I mean, you've heard all this stuff before, unless you're a new listener. But I I wanted to make this one point because I was talking to uh, Steve Clef the other night. And he has uh, organized the Friday night uh, Dark Art Jam for Dark Art Society Patreon members on Zoom. So everyone, you know, joins up, hangs out, talks, creates art while hanging out and talking and it's really fun and it's been really rewarding people people are loving it and uh it's for patreon members only so it uh, it happens four times a month happens every friday once a week so we were thinking uh what what a value it's 25 cents a uh a week 25 cents per dark art jam now if that's not the, the, the best value. That's the best value I can think of. 25 cents to hang out with a bunch of cool people into dark art and a bunch of uh, big name artists and cre- see how they create their work, ask questions. It's really amazing. So there's my pitch. Okay, let's get on with it. And that's a Dark Art Society, oh, sorry, patreon.com slash Dark Art Society if you would like to join up and help. 
Um, okay, so new subscribers this week. Joe Tomasini or Tomasini, Tomasini. Thank you, Joe. Alex York and Augustin Lobos. Thank you all for supporting the Dark Art Society podcast. It's greatly appreciated and you are keeping it free for everybody without commercials. I don't even know how you would do commercials on here, but I really would rather not do that. Anyway, so um, I guess that's it. Let's get in to the Laura Dan interview. It's really great. All right. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. What's up, Laura? Hey, Chet. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Everything's good here. It's a little hot. It's like 94 all of a sudden today. Wow. It was raining a few days ago. It was weird. It's about 80-ish here, and it's going to storm tomorrow, so we've had to take a little bit of tuck and run around here lately. Oh, yeah. Where are you, where are you at? What part of the country? It's uh, South oh. Carolina, Greenville oh, area. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's it, it has its moments with the weather. Yeah, you guys have some uh, extreme weather there, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were clearing out the closet last week to... <laughs> run in there in case there was a tornado oh really yeah tornadoes are crazy people are like uh i grew up in southern california so earthquakes are like part of the scenery they never freaked me out i sleep through them most most of the time but people um from other parts of the country are like really freaked out about earthquakes but man i'm freaked out about tornadoes because i've never lived anywhere where tornadoes were a possibility really yeah, me too. I, I really don't like that. Um, but I've also been <laughs> in Southern California, so the earthquakes were, you know, I'm oh, used to. I didn't know that. Where did where where in Southern California are you from? Yeah, so um, mostly uh, the valley. Oh no way. The valley, yeah. I went to Van Nuys High School, and um, wow. Well, I, I actually have a really crazy history with moving. So <laughs> let's hear it <laughs> uh, all over California, really. Really? Um, well, so I was born in Rochester, New York. Okay. But um, my mother moved us to Southern California when I was about f- six years old. Hmm. Somewhere around there, a little before six. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started in Canoga Park. Okay. And ended up um, going all over Santa Monica, San Fernando Valley. And then at some point, Northern California, Redding area, which was odd when you've been, you know, used <laughs> Southern California for so long. Right. And then back down to um, Lancaster. Hmm. Okay. Wow. <laughs> you have all been over the place. Yeah. All, all over California. What a trip. Yeah. And how'd you end up in South Carolina after all that? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, actually, ended up back in Rochester, New York, and uh, finished high school there. But I was actually in Vermont for a year before, like when I was 16. <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy. Uh, and then um, 
uh, finished high school in upstate New York, and I thought, okay, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to be moving back to California. Um, and life just ended up taking another turn. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'll go to art school in Pittsburgh. And I didn't end up doing that, but I ended up going to art school in Rochester. And it was a small, privately owned art school um, where you just did like a year of of art hmm. kind of credits or college. Right. And um, so I just ended up working there and just ended up staying and that's probably the most places I've, I've ever heard of, of one person moving around in their life. That's crazy. You know, I counted, I think it's 16 schools I went to. That's that, that must've formed you differently in some way. Yeah. Um, how could you make like friends and stuff? How could you, you know, make close friends with people if you're moving so much? Exactly. I had um, a couple, actually, three friends that I've stayed in touch with mm. from childhood years in California. Um, by mirror, I don't even know how that happened, but we've just all stayed in touch. And, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, yeah, reconnected <laughs> at some point through there, but right. um, yeah, that that kind of uh, that was a really big challenge. I've learned to be pretty uh, independent and self-sufficient with, right. you know, I'm, I'm not a needy person. That's right. what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. So yeah. were you, uh, how, when did you start, you know, creating art? Were you an art kid from very young? Like most of us? Yeah. You know, the, the crayon in the hand story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, yeah, it was actually something that I just gravitated towards um, really naturally as a, a way to self-soothe hmm. um, as a child because, um, well, going back to the when we I was still in Rochester, New York, I was about three, four years old when my parents divorced. Uh. And so I didn't see my dad for a really long time until I was about 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And so, and my mother said that I was very close to him, like just very much a daddy's girl. Yep. So when he, you know, left the scene, it was pretty traumatic. Um, and I just remember this one time um, he came to visit the last time I had seen him when I was little, he, he visited and dropped off a dollhouse and this, little doll set called the sunshine family do you remember that did you, did you ever see? No, i don't remember that sunshine family it was like a little you know mother father right kid. and it just was like wow i mean you know you're giving me this family when you're leaving. <laughs> right <laughs> no self-awareness yeah <laughs> I think after that, you know, my mom said I was just always drawing like sad faces. Ah, interesting. So I think I just really took to it as a way to heal. Then mm-hmm. um, I just have been doing it ever since. But that's pretty different... much basically my story as well. I don't think my dad was gone. He wasn't gone for that long, but it was. But he just left with no explanation. I mean. Yeah. There was an explanation, but nobody said anything like no one back then. And the, you know, this is like probably 
1972 or something. Right. Um, back then, you just, you know, kids, you just didn't, they just didn't tell kids anything what was going on. So it's like all of a sudden my dad's gone and I'm like, wait a minute. I was really close to him. And then, and then uh, he actually, uh, not to take your interview <laughs> over, but this just reminds no. me of, a, of a, a story. He came back and he, when he did come back, I think it was maybe a few weeks later, he said that because he told me we reconnected later and before he died, we were kind of able to settle everything and, and we were, you know, we were kind of cool. Um, yeah. But he came back. He said when he first came back, I just I wouldn't look at him. He said I was playing in the yard and he just came and he was trying to talk to me and I just wouldn't look at him. I wouldn't talk to him. I was just crushed. And I don't yeah. really remember that. You know, he said he, he said it was, you know, horrible for him. But it's like, well, what do you expect? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because at some point you probably just said, I, I don't need you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or I was angry, you know, or, you know, or, or hurt and angry and just like, I'm not, you know, making him suffer or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that we have a lot of that sort of thing in common. I've heard you talk, you know, touch on those mm -hmm. um, subjects before. Yeah. A well, lot of, a lot of artists do. And especially a lot of people that are kind of do dark art or, you know, go into the dark realms of things. Uh, definitely a lot of them have trauma in their past, you know, early childhood, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, it's a tool that we kind of gravitate towards to um, put all those feelings into. And, right. Yeah. 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 It's like That's a why I don't, I don't really see dark art as like, uh, Dark. You know, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Same yeah. here. It's like to me, it's the, the the stuff that I see, the dark art I see. It like makes me feel good. I just like it. It's like a, I'm not putting a judgment on it and saying I like it because it's dark. It's like oh, I like that, and it happens to be dark most of the time. You know right. what I mean? Not always, but right. yeah, it's a trip. It's like I feel in a, in a way our brains are wired differently or something. Yeah, like, like some people just don't ever experienced the the deeper nature to things maybe i don't know yeah that's that's a fact <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of people like that nowadays especially uh, not to be mental but... right right <laughs> uh so okay um um what was it I, I for me as well there was like a a sense of i think as i got older i got like encouragement for for my artwork and developed a sense of self-esteem from it also. Like it was the one good thing I could do and I was yeah. getting praise for it. So was that, was that the case for you as well? Uh, yeah, I had, um, so I remember this, I have this one memory of being in Santa Monica and there was this big, uh, I don't know if you'd say trade show, but I don't know. It was like a outdoor you know what they call the mall mm -hmm. area where it's like just grass, you know, above right. the beach. Um, a lot of people had tables and booths, and this was like in 1978, maybe. Like an art, like an art fair kind of thing. Yeah, like an art fair sort of. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything after after that going on in that area. Right. But um, and so they had all these art booths, and I think my mom may have had a friend or somebody she knew, and I had a little drawing that I did, and I, they said, oh, let's just put it in this little thing, and you know, next to this, and somebody just raved over it and said, can I buy it? 
was like, oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so wow. out there as a child drawing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just thought that felt really good to have this encouragement of, um, you know, people telling you, you've got this ability and this talent and you should do something with it. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't want to do anything with it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't the pressure of oh, really? you know, having to do something with it. Yeah. So for the longest time, I thought I'm never going to do anything with, I'm never going to go into any kind of career with art because I just don't want to, you know, I didn't want to muddy it up with like, deadlines and commitments and oh, right yeah i don't know i just wanted to keep it kind of to myself that's kind of insightful for a kid to have like an insightful... no, no, no i'm saying later well later. what how, how much later even uh, like you know, high school yeah even in high school though that's kind of insightful you know to, to think of it that way maybe i don't know i think it is most kids don't think that much about things like that yeah <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it seems insightful. I mean, think of all the people I hung around in high school. <laughs> they weren't thinking about stuff like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe I was a like a beaten dog early in life and <laughs> right. went through some things to to grow some insight quickly. I don't know. So, so okay. So, how did you go from that to you know? Obviously, you you you're an art. You're a professional now, and you are a painter and a lot of other things. How, how did you, how did you get past that? Hmm. <laughs> Have you thought about it before? <laughs> well, I think that when I was in uh, my last year of high school, there was something called a BOCES program in, in New York where you could take part of the day. It's like a vocational school hmm. where you could take your main academics half day and then bus off to another school that did a, you know, specializes in whatever you were training for to the next phase. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really great. So I decided to um, do art. It was like a generalized kind of art thing. Um, And I think after experiencing that, I kind of thought, well, maybe I can actually apply this and enjoy it and not get too caught up in, you know, in it taking something away or, right. you know, watering it down for its meaning to me. So, uh, I actually enjoyed it. It was, I, but you know, this was, I graduated in 89. So this is pre computers. Right. So we were using stat machines and I don't know, like dark room stuff yeah. with cut and pa- when, totally when cut and paste meant, meant actually cut and paste. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Little tiny exacto yeah, rubber cut. cement and all that. Yeah, <laughs> occasional. Fuck, I <laughs> cut through yep. teeth. <laughs> oh yeah, when my after my dad died, I I had so much. He had so many, um, like those plastic templates that had letters and stuff that he, <laughs> where you like trace the letters on and stuff. It's pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> those things were yeah. gold. So okay. Uh, uh, you, you, uh, what did did they teach you like the basics, like life drawing and all the fundamentals? I mean, kind of. Um, we didn't do life drawing. Uh, let me think. We... Yeah, they didn't do they didn't do that in my high school advanced art class either. There was never any life drawing. Now that I think about it, which is no. weird. No, and I don't think I did any of that. 
you know, other than friends, mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't do any of that in a, in a controlled setting. Uh, but although I wanted to, that, that would have been a lot of fun. I would have yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. So I just did the uh, vocational school. I decided, well, you know, this is kind of seems I was terrible. I was a terrible student. And all the years moving around. Oh, yeah, I bet. Um, But it's funny, in seventh grade, I remember I I excelled at metal shop. (laughs) 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 Well, maybe this is what I'll do, you know. (laughs) Were you you like a tomboy kind of, or or you just happened to, you know, excel at that? I think my interests gravitated towards tomboy, Mm -hmm. and a lot of my friends were guys. Okay. Uh, but I didn't look too much like a tomboy. Right. <laughs> so, it was kind of an odd mix. Um, cool. But I wasn't a girly girl. Like I wasn't wearing, you know, bows in my hair and, right, you, know, right. you know, all that stuff. But so, yeah, I, I loved Metal Shop. I thought, you know, setting stuff metal on fire and watching it burn and melt. <laughs> just amazing. I just, <laughs> this, is, this is something I'm going to do. Um, but, uh, so my, uh, academically I was terrible. I, mm. I don't even know how I got as far as I did. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know how I did it. So, uh, I thought, well, this is one thing I'm good at. Maybe this is something I really should take seriously. And, and so I, um, ended up doing that for about six years after, uh, design school. Oh, yeah. Ma- uh, you- commercial. I did commercial design. Oh, what, uh, what, what, like what kind? What kind of commercial design? What does that mean when you say commercial design? That's such a wide. It's like that could mean so many it's things. Changed so much. Yeah. Oh, right, right. It's changed so much from you know I think when we started off in the '90s or early '90s. Right. Well, uh, what, what kind of stuff did you work on in that job? So before, uh, so I, I was just coming into the work field as a commercial designer or graphic designer or whatever you call it just before computers. Right. So it was like the last year of my, um, the art school education that I took was teaching those fundamentals of composition and well, actually each day had a different instructor. So we Hmm. had five instructors, you know, for the, the, you know, each day, you know, course. That's pretty cool. And, um, yeah, and each teacher or instructor had their specialty that they um, had a program that you know we would follow. So, you know, one instructor was basically on illustration, and another instructor was on all the um, sort of the tiny little font type things we would put together. You know, that we were just talking about, and then mm-hmm. uh, so on. So each day, I just had a different principle that they would address, but it was all traditional. So once we got out of school and we got, I I was hired um, right away about six months out of school. I was hired right away and, or or a couple of months out of school. And um, we just did that right away. I I jumped right into clients like Ray-Ban and Bosch and Lom and um, hospitals and bigger uh, businesses that I worked for a company called Universe Design, and um, we just did everything tradition, and then all of a sudden computers were the thing. And I remember my boss saying, hey, should I buy this um, 
like this Porsche or a computer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I think probably a probably a computer is a good idea. (laughs) This is where the trend is going in. Yeah. So I remember those first animation computers were, I think, $100,000. Like they're basically were just desktop computers. They're called like SGI or Silicon Graphics or something. And that's what they would animate, do like computer animation. It was like a hundred grand or something. Insane. Yeah, Yeah, the things that you can buy now are totally. Yeah, your phone is better than one of those. Exactly. Yeah. So did you start learning computer on the job? Did your did your your boss get the computer and you start learning it or what? Yeah. So then it just started to kind of gravitate towards well, he was learning it and I was doing the traditional stuff. We were just kind of trying to um keep the cogs of the machine running. You know? What a weird time for graphic designers. Yeah. I mean, it it, it's it like, was. It's like a huge changeover. It was. Yeah. Yeah. What a trip. So it was kind of strange to be sort of in the crosshairs of that right. change when I didn't really have the the formal education mm. because then the next year they totally changed their format in the school that I went to and got rid of all of the you know traditional stuff and just went to all computers. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. You just barely missed it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you probably, you, 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 I mean, you, one of, one of the things you do is, is you have a, uh, or, or I'm not sure if you still have it, but a screen, screen printing business. So, I mean, yeah. are, you seem like, I don't know, you seem like, uh, 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 like, you, you know, lots of different things. Are you kind of like a self, self learner type? Definitely. You know? Yeah. I've done a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. And it's like, I just, it's like, I, if I get interested in something, I will, I'll figure it out. I'll like, you know, I'll do all the learning and the work myself. I've never, that's why I was never really big on as much as I think art schools are important. It was never like my, my first impulse when I wanted to learn something was not, Oh, I want to go to school for that. It's like, Oh, I should get a book on that and start reading or now it's look online or whatever you know so you're kind of like that also you're kind of if you like something you'll learn about it yourself yeah absolutely um of course i follow along with tutorials or Mm -hmm. you know gather information um it's not a complete just go in blindly and figure it out but you know you have elements of that yeah it makes there's so many resources now with youtube and stuff it just makes sense it's part of part of the new book learning i guess you know i sort of think that there's so many things i want to do and not enough time Mm -hmm. well you know like i'm running out of time (laughs) (laughs) there's still so much to do that was when when i uh let's see i i remember uh uh okay i remember at a point i had to give up music you know like i was in a band i was trying to do that for 10 years and right. it's like, okay, I'm getting older now. I don't know, maybe I was 40 or something or late 30s or something. I'm like, okay, I have to finally give this up because I want to do these things over here, you know, because it's, like, it's a point where you're like, okay, I'm not going to be able to do everything I want to do in life. So I have to pick the, the my favorite things that I can actually do and focus on those. <laughs> What's that? 
that your body can handle. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can do. Yeah, motorcycle, yeah. <laughs> motocross is, is out. That, yeah. was, that was a childhood thing. <laughs> yeah, gymnastics is pretty much yeah. over for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that dream's gone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm actually moving out of the screen printing business for that exact reason. Um, I'm taking this time, this this COVID nineteen time, <laughs> to <laughs> learn Premiere Pro. Oh, that's great! I love that program. It's the best yeah. program. I love it. Is it? Oh, it's I, so good. I'm it's easy. Really... It's easy. It yeah. Once you learn the, you know, spend some time with tutorials and 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 it's it's really simple. Surprisingly, I'm doing the Linda.com tutorial. You know, the whole lesson in there that that this one. Uh, instructor has it's really she's it's really hard for me to listen to some of these instructors <laughs> like I, I don't know like I, I have a hard time with some of these but she's actually really easy to listen to which oh, is a cool. plus so yeah yeah that's great no yeah you'll, you'll well, love it it's so great such a great program I'm excited about it um because I think that it's gonna really I didn't realize you could just do this as a whole career on its own I mean mm -hmm. it's it's so versatile yeah. What you can do, you know, this this service this, that you could offer really can. As like an editor for other people's projects? Ex yeah. Yeah, everything. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited about it. It's going to, I'm expecting it to take a little while, but um, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm, <clears throat> I'm too old for screen printing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure. 49. It's like. <laughs> Right. I got to start thinking about the next 10 years, you know? Yeah, I feel you. Believe me. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, I'm sure the print on demand thing kind of screwed up your business too, right? Well, it was really great at first. Um but at some point, so I work right out of my home. Mm -hmm. My garage dedicated to the whole shop. Yeah. So, um we had the DG DTG printer in there as well. And at first it was great oh. because people that we knew, the customers that we already had established, um, we would just do some very specific jobs for them. Mm -hmm. But when you start getting phone calls for, hey, can I have one shirt? You yeah. know, you don't want people to come into your home. So it was, you know, we discussed it and we said, okay, if we're really going to expand this business, we need to do a brick and mortar. We need to hire some staff. Right. And this is what the investment is going to cost in doing that. And so now the question is, is this our future? You know, is this really what we want to do and where we want to be? Right. And part of the answer to that um, didn't line up with our goals because we we don't necessarily want to stay here in South Carolina forever. Hmm. And this is a really, you know, local established business. So... We just have been, well, at least I have been really reevaluating um, my next moves and my next stage in life and what, you know, really what I want to be doing. And I don't know if I want to make the investment it's going to take yeah. to really be successful. Yeah. It's a lot of work. And financially, you know, so. Yeah. I'm sure it's a lot of work to just managing people and stuff like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So we just, I don't know, sold the DTG machine. Um, I haven't been doing anything with that. And uh, that machine is not as easy as it looks either. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Uh, that's a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I should mention that you you did make the amazing, probably as one of your later projects at the end of your your business, your career in that business. You made the amazing Dark Art Society T-shirts, screen printed, that are so cool. Those shirts came out so amazing. So honored to do that. Oh, it was Uh, awesome. They're so good. They're perfect. They're. I was just. I. I was so. Uh, so happy with them. I'm so glad. I, I love that. Um, I'm, I'm leaving these businesses because they're failed businesses. Right. <laughs> my, my customers, I have this uh, specific customer who says, I'm going to keep giving you business so you can't close. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, stop it. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I understand. It's like there's a point where you have to, you kind of have to either go all in or not. Yeah. You know, and it's like, if you go all in, it's like, okay, this is what I'm committing to for the rest of my life, basically. Yeah. So you got, you better, you better think hard about what you're going to go all in on. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, you have a lot of factors to consider your competition and your market and changing technology and all that stuff. Yeah. When did you get into that? I mean, how did you end up starting a screen printing business? Because screen printing business is one of those things that, Everybody always says, oh, we should start a T-shirt business. We should start a screen printing business. It's like one of those things that everybody says because it seems like it would be fun. You know, Uh come up with funny things on shirts. (laughs) 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 I mean, I've thought about it and a lot of my friends have thought about it. So, I mean, how did you how did you how did you get there? How did that happen? We said, let's open a screen printing. <laughs> <laughs> you were one of those people. You just actually yeah. did it. Yeah. No, actually, <laughs> so this is the funny thing. Um, my husband, Todd, was an avid uh, cyclist, like really into, he should have gone pro years ago wow. when he was younger. He was just, he was really, really good at it. But um, he just was uh, later on when that, we were together, just kind of doing it as a, um, very focused hobby, uh, just something he really loved. So he thought, you know, I think that there's a whole, um, I don't know, uh, business that could be geared towards just cyclists for gear and for, you know, casual clothing and, um, and uh, dirt bike people. And I don't know. So he just really wanted to get some shirts made. So, so he had some design ideas and he wanted to get some shirts made and then the cost was really expensive and he kind of wanted to resell them, which I have a lot of those types of customers coming to me now, um, where they need a, the sort of wholesale print so they can resell and, um, do their own branding with. Right. So he's kind of doing that he wanted to do some branding and then he was getting back. Um, the cost was just, he, he goes, I can't justify what, maybe I should just get my own equipment and right. <laughs> do it myself. <laughs> so that's what he did. He just ended up, you know, getting equipment and doing it himself for fun. And he taught me everything I know, basically. Wow. He took a course uh, he and the, my brother-in-law both took a course. Uh, this is when we were living in Tennessee at the time. <laughs> Tennessee, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the list goes on. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mention Maryland. I was in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't kidding. <laughs> uh, oh, I lived in Washington for a little while. I was... <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, so... 
traveling he, he gypsy. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was my mother. Okay, <laughs> gypsy. Um, yeah, so I basically took over, and uh, I I've been doing well. We've had it running since 2011. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. Yeah. You're definitely at that point where it's you know in, in a business. I, I I've I've been to that at that point where it's like, okay, it's time to either yeah. go go for it or or do something else you know you've got all your clients established and all that i'm sure and yeah we're poised actually to really i know that must have been a difficult decision it really is it's i think if i were 30 years old Mm -hmm. i i probably would have done it right but then um i just don't know if this is where i want to be south carolina is where i want to be physically for right for the, although it's not a bad place to live. It's really actually a very nice place to live. Yeah, I've heard uh, nice things about it. Yeah, I, we don't hate it. It's I hated Baltimore. I'm sorry <laughs> who, who loves it, but I, it was, I, I didn't like it. Um, and so I don't feel the need to, like, escape or get out of here or, like, it's right. dangerous. And, you know, I, I'm, I could comfortably live here. Right. Uh, I just don't, my ideas and, and creativity or, I don't know, who the whole family, basically all of us don't really line up with a lot of the, the people that live here. They, they really kind of like the churches and the right. <laughs> conservative. Yeah, it's a different culture. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I wanna Do you have uh, your eye on another state <laughs> to live in? <laughs> <laughs> a I've final so one? <laughs> I've been Fi- to so many. At least I know where I don't want to live. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh you know, we really wanna be on the west coast again. Yeah. So uh I always said I was gonna go back to California, but um mm. I don't know if that's gonna be the right fit. Right. It's expensive. So it is. That's the number one yeah. set, you know, decision to, to maybe not go there. But we looked at, we were talking about San, um, San Diego for a little while. Mm, yeah. That's really expensive. San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Washington, Seattle area is mm. something that's really um, been a strong, you know, contender i don't know what you'd say is that's been a strong interest and then also uh, i think we may end up landing on oregon right yeah uh, because it's kind of going to be close enough where my sister and my dad are living my stepdad <clears throat> stepdad's living so okay yeah so it wouldn't be too far um my stepmom lives in oregon and she says you know really great things about it um yeah. so i I don't know. I don't really know. We were in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a good one to try out. <laughs> I just feel like I'm throwing a new state out at you. Everybody. I know. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> we loved it. I loved it. Kids yeah. loved it. Denver was great. Um, we couldn't stay there because his job ended uh, unexpectedly. And, um, it was like, whoa, you know, how are we going to make the, I don't know, the rent and the cost of living here work, right. you know, matter of 
weeks. Right. So scrambling to try and stay and it just didn't work out. We had to come back. Well, you know, with the, you know, with this whole, everything is so up in the air right now, this whole coronavirus business. I mean, who knows in a year what it's going to cost to live in California. Yeah. Could be, you know, things, everything could get flipped around. Who knows? Everything's so up in the air. So you, you never know. For the first time in a long time, I'm excited about living somewhere small. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Not so many people here to, to come into contact with. Right. <laughs> Something, you know, like California. Yeah, right, right. Like, oh, I'm, I'm actually enjoying a smaller city at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're outside of, of L.A., so it's kind of like suburbs, suburbs, 30 minutes outside of L.A. I, okay. would, not, I would not want to be living in downtown L.A., no way. I wouldn't want to live there anyway. <laughs> yeah. My aunt, I have family that lives still in that area. Wow. Uh, cousins, uh, my aunt, a couple of my, well, one aunt lives in San Francisco, but the other one lives in LA. I lived in uh, Hollywood for a while and it was like, at the time it was great because I was like 19 or 20 or something. So it was great. But, you know. <laughs> You get older and it's like, it's, yeah, it's insane. It was insane. And it was, and this is like in the, in the eighties, it was crazy (laughs) in the eighties. So it's, I can't even imagine. I don't go there too often. It's just too crazy. It's too crowded and hectic. Um, But anyway, let's, you know, let's talk about, let's talk about the fun stuff. Now we've got your background. I want to talk about your artwork because your artwork's so amazing. It's so great. It's so signature to you. I love your work. I mean, I don't know when I first saw it, but I feel like it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Rem- I, I really don't remember seeing your work for the first time. You're you're just one of those artists that I just you're like someone who's always been around. As far you know what I mean in the scene somehow. So I don't know where I first became aware of your work. Maybe it wasn't even that long. I'm sure it was years ago, right? When did you start showing as a as a with your kind of like the the style you're painting now is it from myspace maybe was it as far back as myspace gosh i don't mm, i don't know i don't know about myspace oh yeah yeah i was on myspace um maybe back i then. didn't know that that we connected back, back i i mean i remember your i, I know i remember what? your artwork from a long time ago maybe it was shows did you show at copro or no, I've never shown a copro. Uh, uh, I'd like to. What, <laughs> but, <laughs> what, what galleries have you shown at? Okay, Modern Eden is a um, a pretty consistent gallery that okay. I show. Yeah, that's never shown there. Um, and Haven. Okay. That's in New York. Um, let's see what Helicon Gallery, but they closed and they're in Denver. I don't think you're familiar with. Um, yeah. I'm, you're you're trying to think of California area. I'm, I, I don't well, know. Well, I'm just trying to think where we might have shown together because I, I maybe maybe I, I um. Oh, August Clown. Okay, yeah. That might be where we've shown together. Yeah. Okay. So that was when was that? That's oh. oh my god, that was like. Oh. Was it 2008? That's that. That's that one gallery that that. People didn't get their artwork back from. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> did you? Were, did you get yeah, your artwork sorry, back? Yeah, I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, I got my artwork back. 
I remember I was one of the few people that got their artwork back or else got or else it sold and I got paid, but I didn't that's get screwed over by them. Yeah, that's what happened to me. I got um, well, I don't know about one of the pieces. I had two of them there and I know that I did get paid on one of them. Um, the other one I, I'm kind of vague on. I don't think I did. I don't think I got it back, but I'm so I'm kind of weird that way. I don't really get caught up in the weeds on where's my stuff and right. I probably should be better about that. I got, I, I got a couple pieces floating around that I never got back. Yeah, I do too. You know. But it's kind of like one of those rites of passage that you yeah. just <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're going to lose some shit. It's That's just, all it's, it's, it. Some of the it's some of the shit you have to eat along the way. It's like no one. It's this is part of what you have to do, you know. Yeah, and then just move on. Yeah, you know, create more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so do yeah. you do you know what year did you start? Um, how, when did you go? Okay, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do paint. I'm gonna be a painter, fine artist. I'm gonna show in galleries. When did that happen for you? Do you remember what uh, year? Okay, so this is kind of funny. I feel like I've lived probably. Five different lifetimes. I know what you mean. <laughs> There's like my childhood, which is a totally different, like encompassed lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, in my 20s, I, <clears throat> I actually did this series of work that I showed at a gallery. Um, and it was com a combination of pencil, color pencil, graphite drawings and specimens. Like hmm. butterflies and beetles mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um it, it was kind of my whole thought process behind that was the interdependence that humans and species and animals and you know we have with each other right so it's kind of combining the whole it, it tore it sort of took a little bit of a fantasy twist um in imagine. that if I, yeah, if I use a scorpion in my work, like an actual scorpion, um, the the figure, the female figure, had this scorpion type shaped headpiece. So oh, okay. I kind of took elements from right. what I was incorporating. That's cool. In Almost like goddesses relating to the or spiritual bit. spiritual counterparts to these. I mean, I'm just, you know, <laughs> yeah, almost like if um, people sort of took on these aspects. Or right. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Characteristics, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So I kind of went and they used to be they, they used to call me the bug lady. <laughs> <laughs> First bug girl. <laughs> I, and um, it was fun to sort of step back and watch people react to it um, because they'd be like, Ew, that's disgusting, you know. And they they hated it, and I and I loved it. Right. Loved that they hated it, you know. It was, <laughs> <laughs> I just really enjoyed people getting, you know, reactions over this. Right. Especially, um, you know what? Especially when it's something that really is amazing and beautiful. And you know, when it comes to bugs, if you don't see the beauty in bugs, it's it's on you because they really are like intrinsically. A beautiful and amazing you know what i mean I, yeah i mean i understand people being creeped out but still you have to be able to look beyond that and and, and appreciate how fucking 
mind-blowingly incredible they are. I know it. It's just, yeah, I agree. That's where I was at with it all. Right. You know, look at how incredible these species, you know, these different, the colors and the Oh, God, yeah. I mean, even these crazy whip scorpions with these long legs and these tentacles. I mean, I just think it's amazing. Oh, yeah. I, I, I used to go to, I remember, an, like, so this was before my dad left, so I must have been four years old or something. He used to take me to this museum in San Pedro, the um, Cabrillo Museum was on the beach. It was like a, you know, a, a, a sea life museum, and they, used, and they had this one room. They had a bunch of dioramas set up, and they had those giant um, s- crab spiders or, sp- or spider crabs. They're like crabs with these big long legs and they and they were like arranged in the room kind of hanging from the ceiling and with this weird lighting coming up and I used to just <laughs> I mean it freaked me out but it, but I was so fascinated with them cuz they were so cool you know it's it, and it's like that's so that's so dark art to me you know it's like it's yeah. it's you know it, it should maybe be kind of like turning you away but you're, you're it's so amazing you can't look away it's that weird dichotomy between those two feelings that's yeah. what i really enjoyed people's reaction right. being you know right. just you know the whole um attraction is, and repulsion at the yeah, same time exactly. mm. i love that yeah yeah love, yeah I, although <laughs> really do more you know much of that in my work now but i I really do enjoy it yeah well you you, i mean you have uh more like to me your stuff now seems like uh ghostly it's like to me it's got like a a spirit spirity it's like it's it's in the dark art realm by way of this kind of um spiritual ghostly apparitiony feeling to them you yeah know? that's that's my feeling anyway you know that's a pretty consistent description from just about everybody that's how they describe it oh, cool. yeah, that's right on, yeah that's right on with um with what i hear yeah i love it that the the new um the new pieces you did are amazing that you showed me what's the name of that show that's coming up Sirens of the Zodiac. Sirens of the Zodiac? Yeah. Yeah, amazing concept, too. I guess that kind of does, now that we've talked about the <laughs> species and the inter- interrelationship with nature, um, that is kind of what I what I did with that. Right. Yeah, can, you want to explain? Psychology yeah. with Chet. I had no idea <laughs> doing that still. Right. It's a trip. It's yeah. a trip. That's. I mean, that's what is so cool about art. Um, I, I, I do want to get back to, you know, sort of how you, you know, built your uh, reputation up through the galleries and this and that. But um, it just seemed like a good time to talk about these paintings because they're so awesome. And you have a show that you're doing. But um, I that's one of the things I think is so special about art is that if you kind of let your if you're really open to what your subconscious is telling you and in the direction it's guiding you it's like the art becomes the perfect way to figure out what's going on inside of you and you don't even have to like analyze it logically it's not it's not like you go hmm okay what's going on in my head it's like okay i'm gonna create my art and I'll be able to, it's it's like our version of thinking 
creating art is our version of thinking about ourselves, maybe like people who are more intellectuals or something might do, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that it's great to have a, a general plan. And then when that plan just isn't coming into focus, just let it go. You know, you just, mm -hmm. you allow the, the painting to sort of the whole process of the painting to take over and lead you. And, and if you are able to do that or allow yourself to do that, so many magical things happen. Oh yeah. Yeah. But even, even the, even initially being uh, attracted to this idea for, for this, it's like uh, um, mermaid zodiacs, right? is your concept yeah. basically is your concept for the show even the, <clears throat> the 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 fact that that you were attracted to that idea in general you, you just thought it was a cool idea i'm assuming right it seemed yeah. like a fun idea a cool idea yeah. yeah but even that informs yourself about you know who you are as a person and then like you said you start thinking about the bugs and the you know <laughs> the connection and interdependence. It's cool. It's just it's it's a uh, it's cool. I think it's. I love that. I love that about art. It's funny. I think that I'm progressing, but I'm really just <laughs> going <to> the <laughs> do the same old shit over and over. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm doing. Maybe <laughs> just better. <laughs> I'm I'm so happy with monsters. I don't feel like I need to progress. <laughs> yeah. Or what, what was it? Uh, um... Yeah, there was a band, that band No Means No, I'm always posting about that I like. Uh, I, I remember seeing an interview where he's like, we're not trying to come up with the, the magic chord or write the perfect song. It's like the guy was saying, I view uh, music as more like this constant fire and we're just kind of like tending to the fire while we're doing it. We're just keeping the fire going. So it's just this thing that it's not about like, you know, Get, reaching some goal it's like you're just doing the thing and keeping it going for the until the next person could come and, and take take over for you you know what i mean that's a very uh great visual yeah right yeah sometimes you're poking the fire too yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes you're getting burned as well <laughs> <laughs> make sure you check the weather report on that day. <laughs> right <laughs> so so um uh yeah uh did you want to talk about this show or do you want to go back to your career and end on the show or oh yeah. either way um i think something you were you were bringing up um about the show and that it did the process of it how it came to be was um <clears throat> excuse me i started this one painting with it started with the lionfish the leo piece mm -hmm. I, um you know, I was just starting the the painting. I wanted to do sort of a portraiture type mermaid and uh, incorporated the lionfish. And I thought, lionfish Leo, you know, wow, there's a connection there. I wonder if I could do a whole series like this. Mm, yeah, it's such a great but, idea. Yeah, it just kind of became, um, this is going to be fun, you know, to to try and create this whole sort of, zoological zodiac um concept just based on sirens or you know mermaids and yeah see if i can kind of play with the with the uh the characteristics of the of the signs basically right. and kind of so i kind of tried to make it a little bit more 
this I wanted the strength to be the mermaids and and more of a picturesque type uh, painting painterly a little more painterly mm. than you and um, and move away a little bit away from the design elements that I'm using a little more heavier mm. um, to just I don't know I guess make them a little bit less zodiac themed right. or paintings of mermaids that kind of hint to zodiac yeah that's cool that's cool yeah <clears throat> so, that makes sense because you know you're they're they're paintings exactly you know what I mean? it's not like they're yeah, gra well, graphic I, design pieces they're more like paintings you know yeah yeah that's what i was really trying to to stick more towards just to kind of make it a little less zodiac right uh, heavy and more paintings how long did you spend painting for this show uh it took the full year oh god i wish i had a year for a show but you're you're working you're doing the the, the printing job at the same time so it wasn't yes. yeah eight, eight hours a day of painting or anything right no yeah. no um i was still full-time uh screen printing oh wow so and, yeah it's uh, like about three months maybe <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i thought if i can complete one painting every month i'd be on track Ah. for for my timeline that's um, smart yeah so and i had to factor in some you know the kids get sick or i get right. sick you know there's anything that comes up and actually i was in the hospital in december oh no yeah i that was unexpected <laughs> i was like i have to get back up and running this is ridiculous oh my god that yeah. sucks yeah it was uh horrible <laughs> shit what happened it's Is... like uh my stupid ovary exploded <laughs> oh that sounds painful <laughs> <laughs> you're like too much information <laughs> no I, I remember my mom had some kind of i don't i think a cyst on her ovary or something and, yeah. and my dad had to take her to the hospital and she was fucking green yeah, that like was her. Me. Her face was green. It was like, oh my god, that was weird. She was, you know, I always thought it was that. Horrible. Yeah, yeah, that sounds awful. Well, it's funny because uh, I actually have a high tolerance for pain. Hmm. Um, had both of my children without any anything. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, amazing. I did the Lama, we did the Lamaze class, so I did the breathing. Right. Oh my, my god. Husband. How long was your labor, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> so my wife was like in with my stepson like twenty three hours or something. Wow. Yeah, so she had oh. to have something. Yeah, the first my firstborn was about eight hours. Mm, that's still a long time to be in that kind of pain. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I have a funny story. I don't know if anybody wants to hear pregnancy birth. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> It's a dark art society. <laughs> I guess you can fast forward this part. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was in labor and didn't even know it. And I'm at this, the mall. Oh my God. <laughs> Where, this is my firstborn. And um, let's see, I think my mother was there and Todd and his best friend. Um, we were just all hanging out. And I thought, you know what? It's getting pretty close here. I should probably do some maternity bra shopping <laughs> just to kind of be prepared. Uh. <laughs> so we went to the mall and um, there was a friendlies there, like a little 
the diner uh-huh. restaurant place inside the the mall. So we said, well, we're gonna eat and um, kind of walk around and shop after. And we, <laughs> I ordered a chicken quesadilla and a hot fudge sundae. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> everybody got up from the table to go pay, and I was like, you know, waddling my stomach out of the. <laughs> Right. I was was trying to get myself out of the booth and I was like stopping for a minute because I was, oh, wow, that was painful. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I had to stop and take a couple of breaths. (laughs) And I remember this old couple looking at me, just stopping everything they're doing and looking at me like they were afraid I was going to go into labor (laughs) at that moment. Apparently they knew more than I knew. And um, yeah, I went into the hospital that night. I ended up having like i don't know contractions for hours just walking through the mall and being like oh let me just take a minute i'm having a oh my god having a pain in my side a little bit and labor <laughs> <laughs> you're hardcore <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember my husband was wheeling me in at like <laughs> we were going in at two o'clock in the morning or something like that and uh, another uh, couple from our class were coming in at the same time. Oh, wow. And she, we find out that we're both centimeter, four centimeters or six centimeters or something like that. And she's screaming. And I'm just, you know, breathing through it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone didn't listen during class. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was... Amazing. Yeah, I I probably should have had ten babies with, you know, how <laughs> how how well that went. Right, right. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and my second one, uh, we went in and um, they wouldn't even get us a room. They put us in this little holding spot, and my husband's like, "Are you gonna get us a room?" They'd come in and check on us. Uh clicking through the tv channels and <laughs> we're laughing at some <laughs> like i don't know sitcom that was on <laughs> and she's like oh no you're gonna be going home tonight you know because i wasn't right screaming, i guess and he's like no you don't understand she's a neighbor this is happening tonight right like, get us a room <laughs> maybe you should have started faking it <laughs> you know <laughs> she like... started screaming yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, the doctor was literally grabbing his coat, putting it on, walking through the door. I said, I don't care who catches this baby, but somebody's better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've, you've officially told the first birthing story ever on the Dark Art Society podcast after 160 episodes. So you'll, you'll always forever be remembered for that. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be a first. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. It's amazing. I, I, I mean, I, I, I love, I love kids. I, uh, uh, I got grandkids now that are awesome. So I'm, 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 I'm very uh, a domestic kind of guy. You know. I know. I love seeing. They're always over and mm. participating. And you. Yeah, they they came over yesterday. Actually, it's funny. I, I actually have some good pictures. I should post of them with their little masks and. Uh. <laughs> in their gloves but it's funny you're talking about the um 
the tomboyish thing, you know, where you're kind of like not, you're kind of, but not totally. And it's like of the two girls, um, it really feels genetic because one of them is very girly and the other one is totally tomboyish. It's so funny. It's like one of them's into, she's so into bugs, the younger one, like only a year apart. But uh, Chloe's totally into bugs. Like she, she collects any, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, she, uh, she, she, any, any bug she sees, she will pick it up. She picks spiders up. She thinks they're so cool. She finds dead ones. She's got a little box. Um, yeah. She loves animals, but she's very earthy. She climbs trees. She's not afraid of getting hurt. And the other one's so very, like, very just dainty and and mm. <laughs> not into bugs. It's, <laughs> it's such a trip. When you have kids, you realize it's like a lot. A lot of it is 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 nature versus nurture i mean that definitely has something to do with how kids come out but a lot of it's genetic I think. it really is we were actually just talking about that the other day how really? different our two kids are and right. they've just been this way since the day they came right, out right right they as, are as soon as they yeah. start you start seeing their personalities it's just it's there it's not like you did anything it's so weird it's a trip it is yeah well, you know, even before all of that, they, they have these little um, habits or not habits, uh, just nature to them that just from the very get go was so different. Like my son never slept like mm. he was every three hours. Right. Had a ton of energy all the time. My daughter, she slept for the first six weeks that she was born and I had a panic attack. Right. Like, try to wake her up. What are you doing? Why are you sleeping? You know? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? You're supposed to be up every three hours. Right. They're just different from the yeah. very beginning. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. Yeah. It says a lot. Really. If, if you think about it, it says a lot about um, how different people are. You know? It's like there's not one way to be. Because people really yeah. are really different. As much as we're all kind of the same in a lot of ways, we're also very different, and that should be honored, really, you know, our differences. I agree. Well, and we have strengths in those differences. Right. If we appreciate, we can sort of uh, identify what those strengths are. And, right. Uh, not just play to them as individuals, but recognize them as people outside of, of the of that and really appreciate those things that... oh yeah especially you know with um computer technology and people that have like are on the autism spectrum and asperger's syndrome and all that stuff it's like those people excel at at, at things that you know mere mortals cannot you know That's fascinating isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah i'm totally totally uh totally fascinated i've seen i think i've seen every autism documentary ever made yeah i'm really into it that, yeah, I'll have to um, do more research on that. I I haven't really dived into it the way it's that a, you saw, you have, but it I do find it all really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the the ones that I'm I gravitate towards are like the more functional autistic people. Mm -hmm. um, I think it goes back to being a kid in junior high and going to school with this kid, and he was he had he was like uh, functioning autistic at the time they didn't have a name he was just like a, a nerd yeah everyone just thought he was a nerd i don't think that no one you know no one ever said oh he's got he took regular classes he was smart he used to he was really smart actually mm -hmm. but man he just was so 
such an oddball. I felt bad for him because he would just constantly get picked on. But he just was, you know, the way he dressed and everything. He was clear, clearly now. It's like, oh, he was, he had Asperger's syndrome. I don't know if they're calling it Asperger's anymore, but what I know is Asperger's syndrome, where they can't look you in the eye really when they talk. And that's different. Yeah, there's like different. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think now now it's a lot more nuanced. But um, ever it's like. Once I discovered, I, I started with Asperger's syndrome and I, uh, just because it was interesting to me. And then I was like, oh, my God, that guy, Eric, that's what he had. You know, he wasn't just like a weirdo. He, he had a, something neurological or he was different in that way. And yeah. um, and then I started looking into it and it's kind of fascinating. All the kind of these crazy talents these people have. There's a there's a there's a pretty good one called. um There's one about a, a couple, an autistic couple. It's actually pretty funny. Like, you know, not it's not a mean spirited kind of movie. It's like funny because they're Oh, the atypical? No, that's a great show. I love that's that show. show. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a documentary about this couple. It's like one word. It starts with a D. It's like Debbie or something. It's not Debbie though. It's like oh. something a, a a female name. It's about her, basically. It's really, really interesting. And then there's another one called Asperger's are us, which is like a okay. com- a comedy group of, yeah. of people with Asperger's, and it's it's actually really really good, really good documentary, interesting. So, did you find yourself gravitating, like when you s- sort of recognized that there was something different? Did you gravitate towards them, like maybe kind of yeah try to them a little bit or yeah. feel kind of protection I, for them? The you know what it's like. Even to this day, it's like I I seem to attract people like that, or I don't know if it's because I um I have empathy for them, maybe, or yeah. or 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 what. But it's like that was kind of I you know I didn't really fit in a group in school. I had me and a friend of mine, and it was kind of like all the people that didn't fit anywhere else were kind of would hang around us for some reason. So it was almost like this weird you know, like a loser's club, (laughs) sort of, we didn't, you know, we didn't even, we weren't even the losers. We were like outside of losers. We were like our own thing with nobody. So yeah, I, 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 I've always been kind of like, I've always had people like that around me. It's a trip. Yeah. I've always um, been the same way. I didn't really, well, going to all these different schools growing up, I didn't have a lot of long-term friendships. Um, So I didn't really fit into a, a click or a group or, but I was sort of like friends with all the groups. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Along with mm-hmm. every, um, well, I, yeah. I, so, I'm sorry. I, I'm just thinking back. It's like, I wasn't friend. It's like, I usually had a friend from every group. Exactly. But, but there were a lot of, you know, it's funny. Cause in, in San Pedro, it wasn't the, it wasn't the jocks that were the enemy of the art kids. It was the surfers <laughs> and the oh. surfers were assholes. That's why I never got into surfing. Yeah. They, were, they were basically like jocks that surfed. Yeah. That, that, that attitude, you know? But anyway, sorry. I, I, no, I, I, that makes sense. <laughs> in, a, in a coastal town, you know, the, the surfers are the, are the jocks. But anyway, I'm sorry for interrupting. Um, yeah, so you were, you were friends with well, – that makes sense if you traveled around and you didn't get to, you know, make a lot of – you didn't even have a time to probably settle into a peer group. It, it was more at the end uh, when I was in high school. I went to 
the same school for a couple of years in a row, like my um, 11 and 12, you know, so it was kind of easier to keep a friendship going. And then I stayed in that area. So, mm, okay. yeah, it was, I think a little easier to, to maintain, you know, start and maintain friendships from that point on. But right. um, other than the few close friends that I've had from California, um, and you know, I've actually, Facebook has connected me with some friends from Vermont too, when I was in school there. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I've always kind of had these different, you know, onesie twosies here and there. And right. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I was wondering if you, when I was saying you were gravitating towards people that you, that kind of seem like they're getting picked on or singled out or. I was always feeling like that too. I, I was always coming to the rescue of right. some. I figured, what do I have to lose? Nobody's going to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. But you do have that uh, good nature about you that people want to open up and, you know, I don't know, probably share things with you. You should have, you should have been a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't think I'm smart enough to have been a therapist. (laughs) I mean, it's interesting. Psychology is interesting to me. Um, I don't know. It's weird because I was always really shy. That was the other thing. I'm not, I'm not shy in the way I used to be. Um, especially having, you know, uh, gotten into the art scene to where I, I had to, you know, learn how to deal with people finally. Um, and, and so, so I guess I'm easy. I don't know. That's, you know, it's weird as my, I never noticed it, but when they were, um, my, my stepdad said when I, during the filming of the documentary, I'm not sure it made it in or not, but he, he, I don't think it did make it in, but he used to say that I would have people following me. Like all the kids in the neighborhood were following me around. Like I was the leader. <laughs> And it's like, I don't remember it being like that at all, but he said it was like that to where like they were, you know, so maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was definitely, you know, I was, uh, I was definitely a rascal. I was no perfect. (laughs) That's a a nice way of saying it. (laughs) I was, you know, I, I was not like, I was, uh, very sensitive to animal suffering and stuff like that from an early age. But, um, I used to, you know, I used to p- pull pranks on people and do stuff that I would immediately feel bad though. After I did it, I guess that's maybe it was the difference. Like I remember my friend told me to go and rip my friend's pants up, like rip <laughs> he had these like thin polyester pants. And my friend was like, Hey, go, go tear his pants. They're really thin. They're about to rip. And I just <laughs> ran over and I ripped his pants like from his leg all the way up to his hip. Mm-hmm. And you could see his underwear, his little tidy whities And, yeah. and he, he was so embarrassed and he ran home and I felt so awful. Like I recently contacted him on Facebook and apologized because oh. <laughs> I found the guy, I felt bad for like 40 years or 45 years or something. <laughs> you're the one that did that to me (laughs) (laughs) that actually something similar happened to me really uh, yeah (laughs) i remember we were playing we were out in uh, gym class in california without always outside i was outdoors Mm -hmm. and um some 
I think I think they got dared to do it. Came over and just pantsed me right there. Oh and the... <laughs> <laughs> that's the, you know that's that's the what 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 grade were you in? Like freshman. Oh, that's yeah. the worst. That's the worst. Oh, At so... least this kid was. This was like fourth grade or something. So it's it's worse when you're oh, yeah. It traumatizing. Oh god! You, know, you couldn't ever get away with something like that now. Oh, I know, but... right? Stuff like that happened, and you just like you just went dealt on with the side and yep. got up <laughs> <laughs> the next day. Got I, over it. I have a good pants <laughs> pantsing story. <laughs> now that we're on the subject, and then we'll get back to your artwork. But I worked in um, in China for four months, <clears throat> working on a movie. Me, yeah. me and my my wife was on the cruise. So it was kind of cool. We we got to go out to China and Beijing and work there in this terrible movie. Um, but. <laughs> I, I always wore sweatpants and this and this guy, one of the crew, one of the American crew that I worked with that came over, he I was standing on a table and they gave us a bunch of Chinese people to work with us so that we had like this huge crew of Chinese people, mostly um, women, Chinese women, uh-huh. because there was a lot of um, sewing and stuff to do because we were making these costumes for these. What are you trying to say? <laughs> There's no this... women. There was sewing to do. Hair, they, there is sexism in the effects industry. Believe me, I'm not supportive of it. I'm just saying, they, we had hair punching and uh, costuming stuff to do, and they gave us women. I have no responsibility. I was not in charge of anything. (laughs) No, no, my, you know, this is my wife and I would talk about this often. It's like hair punch. There's all the women who do all the hair work in effects. Ninety nine percent of them are women. It's weird, and yeah. they get, and they and they get paid less too. But that's another story. <laughs> I'm out well, of that industry. More detail oriented. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I was standing up at a table, a, a shop full of um, this American crew of maybe ten or fifteen people, and about who knows how many Chinese women that we didn't know. And this guy pantsed me. I was standing on a table, <laughs> and he pantsed me, and I was like, "Oh man, you're gonna get it." So. I said, you'll never know when it's going to come, but I am going to get you back. <laughs> and he's all laughing and everyone's laughing. And all the Chinese women are going like, oh, oh, it's like <laughs> that's the, that's like a sign for he's getting embarrassed. Like they go like they touch yeah. their cheeks like, oh, his yeah. face is getting red. <laughs> so I waited. And about a year later, we were back in America in the shop. And this is in the early days of Photoshop before you could photoshop someone you everyone was photoshopping everybody's head on and i had just learned photoshop this is probably 98 or something um yeah it was before everyone on the internet is yeah i was there (laughs) learning photoshop so i got i found these really good pictures of gay porn i found two because this guy was very macho and like ladies man so i was like okay (laughs) i'm gonna he would be insulted by this so i found these two pictures (laughs) Of like gay, these two guys having sex, and I put his photo on one of the guys who was getting the the thing done to them, and I it was perfect. Like I got the grain right. I I knew I just learned how to do Photoshop, and so I I got the grain. I matched the grain to the photo. It looked so real, and I printed them all out and I taped them all over the shop, and he was pissed. And I was like, "Hey man, I told you you shouldn't have danced me." <laughs> Even that you couldn't do nowadays, just, you know, in a workplace, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. But anyway, that, that was a good, that was a good revenge story. Yeah. He had it coming. 
<laughs> did, he, uh, did he eventually laugh over that? And he was and... kind. He was kind of laughing, but he went. And he like pulled them all down, and it was like a not happy laugh. It's like <laughs> he was kind of like laughing, but he was he was mad. <laughs> and <laughs> then people were telling me, people were telling me later, so and so was really pissed, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how, how we got into pants stories and and re- revenge embarrassing moments. <laughs> I don't even know how we got onto the high tolerance of pain thing. I, yeah, I don't either. That's the, I mean, that's the beauty of this <laughs> podcast and, and conversation. It goes all over the place. I mean, I love that. Uh, I, I I do want to know. I want to. I still do. I'm interested in your in your timeline of how you developed as an artist. We left off at you doing this initial bug show, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. what happened after the bug show? How did how did yeah. you know? So I, actually did that for a few years I and um had quite a few collectors with that oh really? and I, you know it's funny years later when I was no longer doing that anymore um kind of more in the uh 2008 you know timing when I would have long gone moved on um I had somebody email me that they knew me a long time ago and said hey are you still doing those bug pieces I really want one <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, no <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I did that for a while and then, um, what's interesting is I didn't do anything. I just stopped. After how many years? I, let's see, when was the timeline for that? So 89, 90, I think 90, five, four, five, um, Wow, you were doing this early on. I didn't start. Yeah. I didn't start showing until early two thousands. Well, like... it's it's kind of like you wouldn't recognize my work. Oh, from really? Then, hmm. you know, um, so it it's kind of like I can't really count it in a way. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said lifetimes. I've had right. these of different. Um, I don't know. Uh, I had. Um, I went, it was in design school. So out of design school, I went into um, about six years of graphic design mm-hmm. and commercial design and then said, I, I've had enough. I want to do something different. So I went to massage school. Wow. What? <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute. Wait a minute. You had what? Were you supporting yourself with the the fine art or was it more like a side thing? Oh, this. So the fine art stuff with the bugs and everything was a side thing. Okay, so it wasn't like you weren't dependent on it for your income. So no, no, I was um, basically working full time as a designer, coming home and oh, okay. doing drawings and okay. all the stuff like you know drinking scotch and right, paint, not painting but drawing all night. Right. Um. <clears throat> so, kind of just doing my own thing on my own time. You know, when I had it. And, um, and these were small shows. They weren't like I was very well known. And this is also kind of just when all the computer stuff was hitting. So if you didn't know me locally, it's not like you really knew okay. you know, anything about what I was doing. I wasn't okay. traveling or anything. So you, you stopped creating your artwork and, and dropped the whole thing and went to massage school? Yeah, I went to massage school. Um, I was doing a little bit of the drawing, but that the massage school was really taking a lot of my time. I had a part-time job, um, 
to to bring in some income and then actually was married at the time hmm. to somebody else you hmm. know to, uh, this is my second marriage right um so uh, i went to massage school full time and it was in buffalo so it was a 2 hour almost a 2 hour commute there and back every day wow uh, it was grueling <laughs> it was crazy yeah um i hope it was a good school at least it was it was a really good school. It, um, and in New York State, you, the requirements are a lot stricter hmm. and to get board licensing and everything than in any other state. So and it was like 12 hours. Um, I don't know. It was, uh, it, was a, it, it was pretty intense. Yeah. Um, so, and I did massage therapy for like 12 years. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> I am too. <laughs> I'm older than you. <laughs> so uh, at, during that time, was, was art just out of the picture? Or just like a hobby or just kind of like for yourself? or? So um, That's a long time. I, yeah. So when I was about three or four, three, I think three years into it, uh, massage therapy. I, and I was working at a chiropractor's office. Hmm. Um, cause I, my work was very, um, detailed, deep tissue. Um, y- if you wanted a relaxing massage, you did not come to me. <laughs> you were one of the people that make, make, bring the pain. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but, but I'm starting left... to sense a theme here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you might be evil. (laughs) High tolerance to pain, bringing the pain. I'm not a dark artist. I'm a dark person. (laughs) Okay, so anyway, so uh, okay, I'm sorry. Go on. What were you saying? uh, Let's see. I was okay. So I was a deep tissue therapist working for chiropractors, um, and I loved it. I loved really helping people. Yeah. I would get people, uh, I had a client come to me, bent over on his, like to his side, walking into the office, couldn't stand up straight and said, do your magic because I can't stand straight. Right. You know, it it was painful, but you know, I I would really be in a lot of communication with the customer, the customer, client, whatever, uh, patient, and really talking about what we're doing and can, is this a tolerance that they can handle? And so it wasn't like one of those candle lit rooms, you know, where it's relaxation. It was a very, and some people just didn't feel comfortable getting completely nude under a sheet. Um, they just wear their clothing and I could work around that too. So I liked working with all different types of people and all different types of quirks and needs or whatever. Um, and, you know, helping them stand up straight when they yeah. laugh, just great. I'd help. Uh, I did some of the birthing. Uh, I went to the with the um, if you were having a, a baby, I'd go help you with that. And wow. During Amazing. the process. Amazing. So, yeah. Um, so I think in a way, my massage therapy was kind of like. Um, these are all my babies, you know, these, I, I spent a lot of hours, um, 
working as a full-time therapist. Um, and people just, the, the need at the time was really strong. So I was just, it was almost too much. I had to at some point just say no, like right. I need a break because I was going booked out, you know, weeks. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. And I, I just didn't have time for anything else. I just mm. really, that my practice was my, my thing. Um, and I went through a divorce and it was a very, very tumultuous time in my life. It was just, I bet. just a really, it, it, it was like I just completely started over at the age of 30. I wow. mean, I, um, you know, with my ex-husband, we had built a house, you know, new community, the whole, you know, we're living in a, you know, perfect world kind of thing. And then I just wow. said, this isn't me. I can't, this, I, I don't fit into this wow. thing, you know, that mm -hmm. I myself into. Wow. Basically. Right. So, and, and he really didn't want to give up the house. Like he wanted all the stuff and he wanted all the yeah. material possessions and the, and I said, okay, you can have it. And I walked away. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So I just, I knew what I wanted and it wasn't all that and I didn't want to fight over it. Right. So, you know, it, it just was more important to him than it was to me. Right. So I said, you know, just, so that was hard. Yeah, I, I bet. <laughs> Everyone thought I was crazy. But, right. Um, never, never regretted it. I yeah. never looked back and said, you know, I could have, could have, should have, would have. Just yeah. You're happy now, and right? I mean, yeah, things are good. So you yeah, made, you made the right choice, obviously. Yes, and it's it's funny. Um, you, I can look back on that and understand why I did it, mm -hmm. because based on my childhood, living in all these different places and not having oh. any ability, and right, never knowing where I was going to be next, and um, you know, I just, my dad wasn't there. It was just my struggling single mother who was a gypsy and couldn't really, you know, maintain steady work. Um, uh, I was actually even homeless at some point oh, with wow. her. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. So it, it's been a, I remember when I was um, in the situation with her, we were at a this bookstore she's you know very much into christianity very christian mm. <clears throat> and um we were at this christian bookstore and she i think she was talking to the owner about you know where she can find some help and um i was looking at the little cards the christian cards and the little things like that and um i think i stole one because <laughs> 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 i felt like a, I want something that, you know, I can have and I, cause I, you know, you just didn't have anything. Right. So I thought, I'm just going to steal this little pamphlet thing or this, <laughs> whatever. And, um, later on, um, he said, well, we can stay at his shop. So we stayed in his storage area of his oh shop, let wow. us stay. There. And then came back later that night and said, you can come to our home. So he opened his home to us. And I don't wow. really remember how long we were, I think we were only there for a day or two. Mm. 
Um, but I remember very vividly uh, a memory that stayed with me for all these years was they had this just this picture perfect home of all of the things that a beautiful home would have. And I remember they had this dining room with the mahogany and the, you know, fancy this and that and the whole, you know, you can just imagine what those things look like. And they were playing the Beatles. And for a long time, I hated the Beatles because it, Oh, what (laughs) a shame. (laughs) Memory. What a shame. (laughs) Yeah. I like them now, (laughs) but, uh, I just remember, um, kind of walking around this table, you know, just in circles. And I was saying to myself, I am going to have this someday. Wow. I'm going to this, I'm not going to be a homeless person. I am not going to be this, you know, struggling, lost soul. I'm just not going to do Wow. I don't know how I'm going to be more than this, but I'm, I know this is not what I'm going to do. So I think that when I, you know, you've had time to look back on your life and you think about the decisions you've made, I think that I just really wanted that picture. Right. And I entered into that marriage because I wanted that picture. Right. Interesting. So, yeah. And, you know, even he, I said to him, you know, um, this just, you know, you know that it doesn't feel like the right fit for you too. It's mm. just, you know, someday I know you're angry about it now, but you're going to look back and you're going to, you're going to see that it's the same thing for you. It's, wow. You know, I wonder if he feels that way. If he's looking back, I wonder if he feels that way now. Like Pretty sure he does. He hates you. Yeah, hate you. still. No, I'm freaking. He was one of those people that was never gonna hate you. He's like that guy with the porn pictures. <laughs> well, that guy ended up. That guy ended up do, going and having an ayahuasca journey, and completely became this really super nice guy after that. So, oh good. Well, let's t- encourage him to do that. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Wow. That's a, that's intense. That's too bad that he didn't have the same realization though. But some people get, you know, some people never grow or change and, you know, or or even, I don't know, accept things they don't like. Some people just hold on to them their whole lives. Mm -hmm. Things they think they want or anger towards people. They just hold on to it their entire lives. And it's, you know, I think it's because they have a hard time letting go of control. Right, for sure. You know, and I, th- I think that if you're just the type of person who doesn't ever learn how to adapt, and I've just, I've been nothing but change my whole life. Right, so, yeah. You know, control is <laughs> kind of like moments more than, you know, mm-hmm. no or grasp on something. It's kind of. You know, that's, it's funny that you say that because I've been thinking with this whole lockdown and the quarantine and coronavirus and my comfort with it is I used to I I used to I was thinking about like you know I'm not I don't have a problem with this situation like I am in this weird way kind of enjoying it in in a weird way I know it sounds weird but um, and it got me thinking how whenever it used to rain in school all the other kids would be like oh we have to go inside and play games and I would be like cool this is like 
every you, you know something about the rainy day was like i like the rain of course since i was a little kid because my mom used to take me walking around in the rain when i was little with an umbrella and i just loved it but um i remember when it was rainy days in school i would get excited because it was like a change it was something different and it was like yeah. there was something about it like everything is shut down now normalcy <laughs> is gone and you have to do this other thing now and for me that was really exciting at the time i always dug it and this feels kind of like a rainy day at school to me <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a long rainy day <laughs> yeah, really really long rainy day where everybody's losing their jobs and afraid of getting sick but other than that <laughs> that's interesting actually yeah. that's really interesting perspective and and takeaway on and it's yeah it got me thinking you know i started thinking okay uh and it's um why would I like that? Why would I like the rainy day and the big change? And, and it just made me, you, you, what you were talking about made me think uh, about my early childhood and all the, the chaos and the, the big changes that were happening. You know, my sister got <clears throat> basically kicked out of the house at a really young age. Cause she was her and my mother were, would go at it. And so, and she was really, I was really connected with her also. I had a really strong bond with her. She was gone. My dad just took off one day. Um, then my stepfather came in and things changed again and everything was cool, but it's just like, it was, it was always constant change. There was not a lot of, of traditional stability, I guess. Yeah. So, so maybe you just kind of learn, you, you, you learn that it's okay to, to have for things to change all the time. The normalcy is the change. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's more uncomfortable when things aren't changing and they're just right, the same. Exactly. That's what's happened in my adult life. I don't even know how to handle the, <laughs> the regular. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> like, okay, this is getting too comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> this is too stable for me. Too stable for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Need some instability to spice things up. <laughs> Get some rain going here. Right, right. Okay, so you're you're a, a, a masseuse. You've got an amazing practice. Everybody loves you. You're bringing the pain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so how did you? And then you had this big, uh, you know, tumultuous turnover in your life. And then and then was that when you started got back into the artwork after your divorce um, and all that? Bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh... Just a little bit. I was actually painting for the first time. I mean, other than those little paint by numbers with the oil. Oh, I used God, to love those. Love those things. <laughs> I, I mean, I still love them. I sometimes I just see those and I go, "Can I just get one of those?" And I know <laughs> like, they used to have oil paints too, and the little plastic things. Little, yeah, stir the oil into the, or because yeah. it's already been separated, you got to stir mm -hmm. it so. That and get it together. Yeah, God, I, remember, I love those things. I remember the smell. I mean, I used to yeah. get like, I, had, I remember getting one that was like a Pirates. I think it was a Pirates of the Car Caribbean, like Disney one with a pirate yeah. skull. Yeah. Painting that uh, with oils and it looks so good. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I, love, I love So, I mean, I, I was painting for the first time um, during that time, just really... Um, uh, palette type application, very heavy with mm. the paint. Um, That's different. I don't know. It yeah, really very, different from what very you're different from what I'm doing now. It's uh, I was really into it, like it was 
uh, I wanted the weight of it, you know, the mm-hmm. sticks of butter, you know, really on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I really just, I had no clue what I was, I mean, I still don't, but I was really just <laughs> opening up a tube and putting it to, you know, I really wasn't doing anything with any practice. Right. Um, and at the same time, this is when uh, my relationship with Todd began. And um, I was, so I decided to go to this art class. And this instructor, he was an amazing instructor. I can't remember his name now. Darn it. Uh, but he was uh, upstate New York. And he actually painted for um, Prince of France or something. Wow. He, he was yeah, I mean, he was he was amazing. Um, but he did these figurative pieces, but with a twist of contemporary um, uh, what do you call the just no um, form to it really or no like abstract. It, yeah, abstract. It was kind of like a figurative abstract, but not um not defined abstract either okay it was it was interesting huh. really interesting and massive pieces wow um so he was going to hold a class and i thought oh you know i'll do a painting class and um i took one or two classes i was my second class in and i said can you open a window like i i just cannot stand the paint fumes like i'm going to strangle somebody wow i like I, I was, it was making me angry and that's a strong feeling for me because I don't right. <laughs> pretty mild, you know, and, uh, I, I just thinking, where is this coming from? Why am I reacting? So, you know, I didn't, they were cracking open the wine and everybody was drinking wine and I was like, get that away from me. Wow. The painting is really pissing me off. <laughs> and, I, and then, um, the next day I knew I was pregnant. Oh, weird. I just knew it. <laughs> I said, something feels different, what and I'm going to take a test because I think I'm pregnant. Wow. And, and I was. So then I just didn't take oil painting. I didn't take classes. But that was kind of where I was at with, you know, I was going to take these painting classes, and I was going to really develop my skill set in that. Mm. And then I just couldn't stand to be anywhere near it. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't do it. For, and then I just thought, well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it for now. I just Uh had no desire to do any of that. Right. So then um, we um, we just had uh, we just you know we did our own our own thing with uh, work and eventually um, Todd had a job offer for somewhere in Baltimore. So we moved with the two kids and I wasn't doing massage therapy after that because I had you know basically left my practice hmm. once again another you know local type right. thing business that you build and you if you move you just lose it so hmm. um i decided at that point that i wasn't going to do massage therapy um because the kids were so little and then to put them in daycare and it just didn't even justify the cost to do all that and keep working right I thought it'll be better to be stay-at-home mom and just, you know, raise the kids when they're little and then just revisit what I want to do later on. So right. um, then I just started to 
develop um, my painting in, in basically I was doing little ACEO cards and selling them on eBay. What are ACEO cards? Uh, the little um, two and a half by three cards that art cards, the oh. mini cards. Okay. Um, they they think that's what they were used to be called was ACEO. Okay. Uh, what does that stand for? Art. I don't even know. I can't even remember. But art, <laughs> art card something something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but that's what they you know you see the little mini art cards that people do right. um, trading cards. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, just sitting at the kitchen table and cooking dinner and in between, you know, stirring dinner, I'd be painting little things and um, I would do a lot of watercolor at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the wet media was just really suitable for me because I didn't, it didn't have any smells and I could just tolerate it and it was easy cleanup with the kids and right. I just just really suitable at the time so um you know i was doing uh pen and ink and watercolor combinations and and then eventually i started to layer in a lot of patterns and um that's when i started getting into mixed media and it was uh these um you know those pattern dress patterns like the mccall's dress pattern Mm -hmm. My mom, yeah, I remember my mom yeah. used to have those those around the house. I thought these are really interesting, you know, tissue tissues that I'd start gluing them down with some matte medium and huh. you know, doing for sort of figurative work over the top of them. Right. And um, so the, it was just sort of a, an accumulation of layering with these objects, these paper, you know. And I think I did some paper dolls and I'd paint over these paper dolls. And I was selling this work on eBay. Wow. And in fact, I had this one collector that um, contacted me and he said, you know, he's bought several of my pieces. And he said, and I have a friend, my best friend, I'd like you to do a portrait of her for her family. So I said, okay. He said, and you have total freedom, you do whatever you want. Um, it's going to be a gift for her family and, and here's a picture of her. And I didn't know anything else about that, but I said, okay, this is going to be fun. So I, I did this really odd portrait. It was just, <laughs> you said I could do anything I wanted. <laughs> I could do whatever I want. I had, I, I clipped out, um, this, you know, like those old song books, old song hymn mm-hmm. books. And I thought those were really neat. And I took this one song about Thanksgiving, um, little rhymey, you know, they skip every line and mm-hmm. they're just rhyme about Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, um, and I, so I put that in there and then I put this red deer jumping across the front. Um, and I put this paper doll of, um, of this, uh, little girl in a uniform and just kind of mixed it all together with her portrait that he gave me over the top. And it was God awful. I mean, oh, it, no. it just, I mean, <laughs> did he pay a lot? <laughs> that you can imagine. But he actually loved it. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. He said, um, 
he goes, I'm actually a little speechless right now. And I said, why? And he said, um, because this was a, this was a portrait of my best friend who committed suicide. Oh my God. He goes, I didn't tell you that part, but she committed suicide on Thanksgiving. No way. That's yeah. crazy. And he said, um, she was a, um, uh, not a, uh, she was an officer. I don't know what they call the, the people that work at the jails, the, like they're a, in uniform. Right. Like a, like a prison guard kind of yeah, a prison jail, guard jailer or yeah, whatever. Exactly. She were used to work at one of those places. And he said the uniform and the song and the, Whoa. he goes, did you know in, in, um, uh, Mexican culture, the red deer signifies, I think it signifies moving on spiritually or something about. Wow. So I was like, okay, now I'm blown away. was <laughs> <laughs> going on here. I mean, it was crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Again, we, we were back to the magic of art, you know, that's, that's a step further than just a self learning about yourself through your artwork. It's like another level to where you're tapping into yeah. the ethers, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was definitely, uh, a, a just go with what you feel right. kind of thing. And that's what I did. And it's like, you know, the example of just stepping away and, um, you know, not having your own set goals necessarily attached to a piece, but just allowing it to just kind of come together yeah. the way it's supposed to come together. Yeah. So did you that take, was, did you take that as like a, an, an indication that you should continue doing art yeah. <laughs> being a painter? I mean, that's kind of a, that's kind of like a, I don't know. That like, sounds like a sign to me. Yeah, it's kind of its own really odd thing. I, I mean, I, I can't say that I've had that kind of uh, right. truly, I mean, I guess you'd say it was a, a spiritual experience with that piece, but I... Cosmic. Yeah, I it, it was definitely one of its own kind with right. that. I, I mean, I, I definitely believe in letting, you know, um, letting all of your inhibitions go and just go with what you're feeling but i i haven't really had that kind of yeah. quite this kind of experience yeah but. that's those are pretty rare <laughs> that's yeah. pretty amazing <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i enjoy it it's it's been fun to just kind of develop and um you know i went from doing those kind of paper pieces into um wallpaper thought, you know, I really want to just work with a solid piece of wallpaper. And at first I was using matte medium and just pasting down, you know, actual wallpaper. And I found my, actually, uh, my parents had this big house in New Hampshire, the old 1800s house. And in the attic, uh, they had found all these old little trinkets and uniforms and um, antique toys and oh, cool books and letters and you know just all kinds of these trunks and um i think i even have a little uh, of an antique scotch bottle of scotch that you know has the wax stripped on it amazing sealed. yeah just really 
wild. Yeah, I love that stuff. Interesting things. So she gave me some wallpaper um, to play around with. And then I just decided, you know, these are just too special to, you know, actually paint on. So I'm going to keep these and then use these as in, use patterns as inspiration. So um, I just kind of got into how can I um, start exploring more wallpaper type pattern work. And then I was still maintaining the layering mm-hmm. concepts with that. But I, you know, I wanted to get more consistent with how can I use this methodology just as a, you know, a, in a consistent manner so that it is more gallery right. appropriate. And um, that's one of your signature things too, is this kind of wallpaper, wallpaper graphic in your, that you're painting on top of, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think so. <laughs> I, think so. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the recognizable, I, you know, that the, the way you paint, you paint women mostly as well. Right. And, and it's like, they, they, they look like you, you painted them. They all have a, a vibe. Like I can recognize your work right away. It's like that between that and the kind of, um, the, the graphic wallpaper element, you know, those are like, Oh, that's a Laura Dan piece. Oh, you know? that's great. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> so, 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 um, uh, and, and, so I, I'm curious that that instead of using the wallpaper, what what did you start doing? Or did you start like paint hand painting the designs from wallpaper and then painting on that? Yeah. So um, are you stenciling? I, Is there stencils involved? I do have some stencils now, but I'm not um, kind of essentially rolling over them like efficient. You know, I should be if I was doing a stencil project right. <laughs> because I've tried that and it actually gets too muddy and it's just not technically clean enough. Right. Um, so I do end up hand painting the stencils if I get a stencil and I try not to use too many of the same things, mm-hmm. you know, over and over. I try to get fresh, you know, patterns and stencils. Um, if I find something on the uh, internet, I just make sure I change it a little bit. Right, yeah. So there's no, you know, concerns with appropriation with that. And, um, you know, some of these antique ones, um, it's kind of iffy. You may, you may be still um, in the copyright infringement areas if you right. are too directly. Uh, they, they really have their... Um, license on that stuff right so and i just try to you know make it a little bit different with the stencils you don't have to worry about it but some of the antique you know wallpapers where you're taking something more unique um i'm not sure what your i can't remember what your Uh, i was just saying do you like kind of basically use you kind of answered it use the uh, wallpaper instead of painting on the wallpaper and sticking it on with matte medium you're like using the wallpaper and recreating the design, but changing it and then, yeah. and then transferring that onto your canvas, painting that by hand and then painting over it. That's, exactly. That, that becomes your background essentially. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've got, I'm working on right now. It's uh, I don't know if you can see it. Oh, cool. Can I screen grab that for Patreon people? Sure. Okay. Hold on one sec. 
Yeah, that's awesome. So you're using like a white pencil? So this is white acrylic. Okay. It's yeah, golden fluid acrylics. I just love this stuff. Yeah. It, people, and I've tried people love goldens. Golden. Yeah. I've tried a lot of different um, Oh, are these I've, the airbrush ones? No, I actually don't do airbrush. No, I, I know, but but the, but uh golden has these Oh right, they do. I, I think they're called fluid acrylics and they're for the airbrush. Uh, these are different. These are just the fluids. The airbrush ones are a liquid. Okay. Okay. Are a little bit more um, watery. Permeable. Yeah, watery, water, permeable. I don't know. They're a little, definitely more fluid. Right. Okay. Okay. And this this particular white has like this waxy kind of feel to it. Huh. And it, um, it just really. I just love the way that oil or acrylic lay over that. Right. It just, I don't know. It doesn't absorb like the rest, the, the other paints. Right. Yeah. It's weird how certain colors have a, have a, have a unique characteristics. I mean, this is true in oils as well. They just feel different. They respond differently to other paints. It's like yeah. they're all, they're kind of their own unique thing when they're not the synthetic ones, when they're like, you know, usually ones that are uh, the the real deal. Usually, like mineral. Yeah. You know, it's weird. You got it. That's when you when I first started painting. I kind of like you just assume that all the colors are going to be the same consistency, and they're not. Yeah, and you assume they're all going to dry the same. Right. <laughs> they don't. No. <laughs> it's like, what the hell's wrong with this red? Why is it taking so right, long? Right. Exactly. To yeah. I learned that the hard way. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure this whole oil thing out. Yeah, you, you, I, we were talking about this a while back. You were kind of gonna, you're starting to experiment with oils, right? Yeah. So I've been doing the. Well, this whole new Zodiac series is a combination of the acrylic and oil. Oh, I didn't know you were using oils on that. Yeah. Oh, cool. Those are all finished in oil. Nice. Yeah. So how, how are you liking that? I do like it. Um, I've noticed, though, that my takeaway is that it was just really important, me, important to me to try it because mm – -hmm. You know, I've just I've got to get my hands on everything. I got to see what what right. it's like. You know, um, and so I needed to know, and I I don't know that it's my favorite mm. thing, because I've noticed that when I can really get into my groove and I'm in the zone that we all get in, it's when I'm working fast. Hmm. And I've got this. Yeah, I've got this faster kind of rhythm to my work when I'm in acrylic. Hmm. And everything dries a lot faster, so I right. keep working. And so, I don't for me to be in the zone, I'm like rocking and rolling. You know, like right. I'm gone. It's like I'm running on a treadmill, you right. know? <laughs> <laughs> so for, for oils, it really forced me to slow down, mm -hmm. like, Dramatically. It, it's just a whole different way of methodology, method, yeah. just different way of working. It really is. It It's like bending my brain. It's, <laughs> you 
it's so great for it's you know it's so great for though is is glazing though if you do i don't know if you do do you do glazing in acrylics yes because i end up well mm, i don't know if you could say technically glazing as as a because with glazing in oil you're doing that underpainting um but i glaze on top of anything though you you can glaze on top of a finished painting if you want and just add more color to it as well it doesn't have to be you know yeah strictly over a back something that's painted like in black and white or something well i'm definitely doing layers right I think that that's that kind of ghostly thing you were yeah talking about but i don't know um if it would be considered glazing or just layer i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I know that you, I think that because uh, there's acrylic mediums that you can use for glazing, but they're like white. You know, have you ever, do you use a lot of acrylic mediums? Um, I'm well, I've tried matte medium. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about the the it's like matte, color mediums that matte, are they're white. Like, they're like matte medium or gel medium. They're just like you add color to them to thin your paint out or make it more transparent or. <laughs> No, I haven't tried that. Because um, I, I was just going to mention that, you know, Crayola? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he does a lot of glazing, but he just uses water. He just uses transparent, like a like a transparent, like an alizarin crimson that's, a, that's naturally right. a transparent color. And he'll, he gla- he's glazing, but he's just right. using water in, instead, yeah. of, instead of a medium. So I'm... That's uh, what I'm doing. Okay, yeah. So that's... Um, Oils are better for that. What? <laughs> I said oils are better for that. <laughs> I mean, no, it's that it's 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 dumb because hey, it's I mean, obviously it's working for you. It's whatever works for you and whatever you're comfortable with. The, the, the you know, the I always say it's if the final painting and you enjoyed it and you enjoyed the process, then that's the right way to do it. Um for me, it's like I love the glazing properties of oils, you know. Um painting like an oily thing on rather than a, a, a wet thing that dries fast. I mean, I, I, I like that kind of oily slick thing, yeah. you know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. And I, I probably I've tried, you know what? I've tried glazing in acrylic using the mediums and I didn't like that because it's whitish. Hmm. The medium it's like until it dries, what? it dries. What's that? What are you using? Like matte medium. I've tried it with matte medium, um, with gel medium, with gloss medium. You said you've tried it with acrylic? Yeah. Yeah. With a, yeah. What is, what's the brand of acrylic you're using? Probably Liquitex, but it might, it might be golden too. I, I, um, I, it's like they're whitish and they dry clear. So you can't really see the glaze until it's dry. That's my hmm. issue with the acrylic using the mediums anyway. And it's, I'm sure. It's, uh, yeah, I've never. So uh, the only time I'm using a medium is to seal. Hmm. So I will do the acrylic underpainting or I'll do the pattern. I like the pattern in acrylic um, because I just really like the. Even with oil, I really like the sol- the solidity of it and the waxiness of mm-hmm. it and the hardness of it. Right. Against that softer oil. Mm hmm. It just really plays well to it, and I can even sand it a little bit right. in between layers. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
to kind of bring it out. So I always want to use acrylic for that no matter what. I just that the, the stencil I've just really Oh yeah, yeah. And through some motions with it to know that that's it may, really... Yeah, it makes kind of makes more sense really to do it in acrylic. It's more suited to that sort of thing. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm actually kind of envious of acrylic painters um just in, in the way that you're able to dry layers with a hair dryer. I know. I mean, that's amazing. That's just like it's to, it's just it's almost worth painting in acrylics but not quite for me because <laughs> it's such a huge it's such a huge advantage to be able to i don't know if you use a hair dryer but when i've painted in yep. acrylics psh, it's amazing you just dry it it's dry in a couple of minutes and you mm -hmm. just keep going and, and it's it's that's the bu the bummer of oils is you i always thought if there was a way somehow that you could make acrylics dry yeah like like with some kind of magical hair dryer that would be the ultimate paint way to paint i think but you mean if you could make oils dry like that yeah if you could just like yeah. somehow make them dry in five minutes and then let them and then have them not dry when you don't want them to dry that would be, that'd be i mean i'm asking i'm asking a lot here but <laughs> but i but I, I mean i do have like i've gotten to where i can get layers to dry in like 30 minutes in front of a heater if i'm really careful so you know, I kind of can do that, but I don't know if that's good for the painting, though. Well, I started in uh, Liquitex with acrylic when I started acrylic painting, and I I was really frustrated with that. Yeah, right. I I didn't like it, um, and I felt just really beating myself up over it. I, so I thought, well, I got to try something different, and so I started watercolor and gouache huh. um, because those are kind of in between. Right. And then I thought, well, if I really like the way watercolor and gouache is behaving, because gouache was a little more opaque, right? So it was kind of, but it was a little more more movable, but holding pigment. And when with Liquitex, I'd have to water it down; it would lose pigment. Right. And it, I don't know. It was like if you weren't using it within a certain guideline of that medium, then you just it wasn't working. Hmm. So. I decided, okay, I just need to get rid of it and try something different. Hmm. Um, and I even went through the motions of the duo aqua where it's right. oil paints, yeah. but not really until you right. add the oil to it. Yeah. And then I was like, fuck this fake shit. I need to do the real stuff or <laughs> not do it, you know, yep. <laughs> no more in between. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I really like the way that these fluid, uh, golden fluids of, uh, behave because they hold their pigment, but they're acting like watercolor. Huh. But with the sort of solidity of the of the other of the heavier acrylics. Well, now I want to try them. Yeah, I just love them. I huh. mean, they don't. You can kind of water them down, um, and they don't really lose their. That's their cool. Yeah. Color. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. That's that's huge viscosity about them are just it's just perfect so um you know I, I still kind of maintain working in those and then I've tried the oil as a finishing so then I would seal the the wood I've done some research and I think one of the best sealants is that GAC 100 or GAC 200 oh uh, I don't know that stuff uh, it's, well, I'm working on wood too. I think there's one for canvas. How do you spell it? For... I got it right here. 
And it's GAC 100 and GAC 200. Okay, I'm taking a picture of this uh, too. <laughs> I think that oh, they... Yeah, I've never used that. Weird. It's a polymer. Well, um, actually, Red Walitsky. I'm probably not saying her name right. Walitsky? Uh, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, she was talking about this huh. as being something that she uses for, she works on paper and then mounts them to those panels that get laser cut. Mm. And she was finishing her paintings in oil. And I said, what are you doing between for sealing? And she suggested this. Wow, that's cool. That's good to yeah. know. Yeah, so then I started trying it. And then I did some research on golden products. And I download it. You can download their um, products page, and and they go over all of their different mediums and all of their different things like this that they offer. And they talk about what's best for what and oh, what's cool. And yeah, it's really helpful. So um, GAC two hundred, but I think one hundred for wood is actually even a little better, a little more suggested. But you can't go wrong, I think, with either. Hmm. And so it's it's also got this kind of waxy finish to it. Um. Not heavy. It's just not like uh, it's not at all like gesso. Right. Um, gesso's got that kind of graininess to Chalk, it. Yeah, like chalky, it's grainy. A little bit of you know the it's medium. Yeah, it's yeah. Like kind of absorbent, sort of more of. Yeah, but absorbent. Yeah, this is not. Right. But it's exactly like glass. Um, either. So it's kind of, you just have to try it. It's kind of, yeah, a I want to. Thing. So yeah. I put about two or three layers of this on over. If I do a, uh, if I plan on doing something that I want to finish in oil, like I did the Zodiac series, um, I will seal it with a couple of layers of this over that either under drawing or under painting where, you know, you do the tonal work and then you're doing the, the glazing layers and oil. Hmm top amazing we I, I, I think this is the first time we've had not only talking about um birthing babies but talking <laughs> about acrylic <laughs> lots of acrylic techniques i don't i don't know if we've talked a lot of acrylic on here mostly talk oil so that, that's really interesting um definitely something i i want to experiment with i know a guy Kev, a friend of mine kevin willis who used to uh, produce the tool videos he was he's a painter he's a really good painter he was all golden he hated it. he hated liquitex he was like golden only yeah you know he was very yeah. he, they're just better paints apparently i will join his picket <laughs> <laughs> you're on team golden i'm team golden <laughs> <laughs> so so We're... what uh what um Where's the show at? Because we're we're like past two hours. I don't want to. Oh no! I'm so sorry. No, no, it's great. Uh, yeah, I told long... you. Stop <laughs> talking. <laughs> no, longer, longer is better. I just don't want to, you know, keep you all day. Um, uh, you have you've done twelve twelve pieces. I'm assuming for the show. So the twelve pieces were the the main pieces, and then I did an additional four of the elements. Oh, cool. Where he did air, earth, water, fire. This is very magical kind of stuff, you know. Oh, I want to get even more into it. Yeah, this is it. Oh, and by the way, I've we've been listening to that suggested 
to the the, 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 the magic dot me stuff the yes, J- oh cool yeah yep. Yes. Yeah, love it. Uh, yeah, he's he's amazing. He's a yeah, he actually is. Um, there's some new show on Netflix, this animated show that that guy Duncan Trussell does, and I guess he's in one of the episodes as like an animated okay. character. It's like a oh, weird, it's like a weird psychedelic, crazy cartoon with about mystical stuff. I forgot oh. the name of it though. Oh, when you think of it, let me know. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely let you know. Um, yeah, he's great. I love his stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, so how big are those paintings? That's one thing I keep wanting to ask you. How big, how, what's the size of them? Most of them are the, of the 12 main Zodiac pieces. Most of them are 16 by 20. There's some 18 by 24. Mm. And then there's two of them. The, um, Cancer and Taurus are like, uh, the 10 by 12. Okay. That's good. You get a variety of sizes. Right. And then uh, the largest piece is Scorpio, which yes. for no reason, <laughs> really. Because I'm other... Scorpio. Why? <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, this is going to be the, the important one. <laughs> how big? How, what size is it? That one's 24 by 36. Oh, nice. Um, so not massive, but it is bigger than I usually work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm I'm actually. Um, excited about doing even bigger pieces in the future. Yeah, I know. Once you get a taste of doing larger pieces, it's like Mm -hmm. you want to keep going bigger. Yeah. I'm stuck doing smaller pieces myself too, just because of affordability Mm -hmm. for people and the space I got, you know, it's like I could, I could, you know, I've done, it's like if I had to do a big piece, like a 36 by 48, I don't know if I'd be able to fit it in my studio at this point. There's so much crap and clutter in there. <laughs> I might have to move out into the living room or the dining room or something. <laughs> I know. I actually, right now, we're sh- I'm sh- Todd and I are sharing a space. And um, he's going to be moving into the, we're going to be moving some stuff around. Once we, uh, the shop gets closed up, we're, we'll have that space to move the exercise equipment into and and then he'll have a an official office to himself and i'll have an official studio space (laughs) yeah that always feels good yeah um so what's the gallery all this talk about the show and i we haven't even i don't think we've mentioned the gallery (laughs) once (laughs) it's important (laughs) (laughs) um it's uh modern eden okay it's modern in san francisco and uh yeah, I wanted to ask you about uh, yeah when is it, and then and also talk about a little bit before we go about the the coronavirus issue is like <laughs> that's kind of crazy. It is. It, uh, you know, I had my plane ticket ready oh, and the booked, and I was ready to go. That sucks. And then I, I kind of panicked, like in when they announced the at the first of April or end of March. What well, I don't know what it was, yeah. but I. Was, God, are we even, should I even go anywhere? I don't even want to. Yeah, there was that period. Yeah, Yeah. there was that period when it was like, you weren't sure. It might just be a couple weeks, you know? Right. Yeah. And then we were, you know, so the gallery director and I were just kind of chatting back and forth about, um, well, let's play it by ear, see what happens. And um, so I actually haven't, I canceled my hotel because I don't plan on going now because it's just, it's kind of inched and inched and inched and the dot, you know, the, the timeline is just kind of stretched out into 
I guess is going to be longer than we thought. Right. <laughs> so, um, I guess I won't be going, but the show is May 9th. Hmm. Or, yeah, May 9th. And um, they're going to plan on having, um, if, if the mandate has been lifted, they'll have small intimate um, gatherings uh, oh, that's... for a couple of hours. They'll allow, you know, a certain amount of people in. That's good that people will be able to see this stuff in person. Yeah. And I actually don't know. Um, that really is going to be left up to them to yeah. decide in what's going on and what's, you know, what yeah. they're expected to do. And stuff I mean, like that. it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, it all depends on whether the, the mandate's lifted. It seems like if it is lifted, as long as people are maybe wearing gloves and masks, they could treat it like people in a grocery store, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah, exactly. I think that if they're small enough groups, it should be right. okay. Uh, I think she talked about doing a, a uh, maybe a virtual tour. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mermaid, another big group show, is happening at the same time. So, oh. and I that they're still receiving pieces for that, and they're having, they're going to plan to do something, um, huh. whether it's just video or or live or or whatnot. I'm not exactly sure. I know. It's so crazy. But you know, um, my collectors and their, their gallery, uh, patrons or I don't know what they're, they're so used to, um, what they know what they can expect from them. So, um, I've already sold two pieces. Oh, great. Congrats. That's great. So that's, I mean, it's a pretty positive, you know, thing that if somebody's familiar with your work, then it's 100% reliant on, you know, seeing it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, I know Copra, a lot of their sales are from the web anyway, people that don't go to the show. Yeah. You know, so it's important to be able to see the galleries is an important place and presence for sure. But it's also really great when those galleries have a strong hold on online sales and yeah. and you know it's so it's surprising how like you it it doesn't necessarily have to affect sales the fact that a show is virtual because um you know you go to the, you go to the show it's the it's the event it's the sharing it's seeing the stuff in person and, and having a real human connection but um, mm-hmm. as far as art sales, I mean, we've got we have so many people go to the conjoined shows every year and sales are not if they if they, you know, we'd be rich if, if everyone who was showing up, if right. even a quarter of the people who showed up are buying. But it's mm-hmm. like most of the sales come from the Web, which is so weird. And, and, it's, and mm-hmm. you know, honestly, it's not even a ton of sales. Usually it's more right. like just because you have a, a great show that a lot of people go to um, selling the work is a whole different follow wax so yeah if you have a collector base that knows from looking at a picture on the web oh i love this piece i know what it's gonna i have an idea that it, the quality mm-hmm. it's gonna be i'll buy it you know yeah yeah so, like, so you could have a sell, sellout show you know oh that would be great yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, <it's>, <laughs> it, it looks like i mean it looks like your best work ever to me oh don't you think you. it's your best work <laughs> I mean, not to pick or anything. It's hard to pick your. It seems like a, a, a progression, though, to me. It looks like it looks like not that it's 
better, but it's you're, you're it's it's further developed into a new direction, kind of. But it still has you yeah. in it. Good, which is well, great. Good. Yeah, that is great. I that's, love hearing that. Um, that's how it appears to me, anyway. Well, good. I'm hoping it's not just because it's oil based. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's nothing wrong. It's even so. If oil changed the way things look, you could always go. You know what? I want to continue in this look, but I'm going to figure out how to do it with acrylic because I'm more comfortable with it. You can still do that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, they're they're luminous. I, I love it. They're like they look spiritual and luminous and glowing really amazing i love your work it's it's awesome and this oh, show is amazing excellent i mean you should be proud of yourself it's a great show okay everyone heard it chet Zara said i was amazing i said it <laughs> <laughs> i don't think anyone would disagree though people oh, people so people love your work um yeah well i mean it's i should probably let you go now um Okay. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I could keep talking to you for another three hours or two and a half hours. But um, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, might come up with another state that I've lived in that I could. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we should list all the states in the description of the podcast that you lived in. <laughs> but no, I'm glad you finally came on. I mean, we kind of planned this to coincide with your upcoming show. And so we've talked about it for a while. And, yeah. um, Thank you so much, Chet, for having me on and really, really appreciate it. It was great. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, I'm a fan, so, you know, I love having people on I'm a fan of. It's fun for me. Yes, thank you. All right. So let's say let's say thank you to the audience as well. Thank you, audience. If you want to join the Patreon, you can join it for a buck a month. I'm so tired of saying this. <laughs> I just don't want to be like should a broken record, it? but it's what? Should I, say, should I say it for you? Yes, you could say it. If you want to join the Dark Art Society podcast, you can join for as little as a dollar, but please join for more. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a different way. I've never put it quite that way. <laughs> it's, I don't know what else do you say. <laughs> it's patreon.com slash dark art society. That's what it is. And then, and then, and then we're doing the Friday night art jam tonight. I don't know if you're going to be on that. We're recording this on Friday, so I don't know if okay. you're going to be there, but, um, I'm going to be there. I missed last week, but, uh, a couple of weeks. If you join the Patreon, everybody, you can, you can come on the art jams too and hang out with all these great artists like Laura, Dan, Travis, Louie, uh, David Stupakis, See, I'm gonna look, miss miss out on somebody. I forget. Lots of people show up though, and they're fun. So, yeah, it's a really great uh, great crowd when you get to uh, see what they're kind of doing. We're little works in progress, and that was really fun. Yeah, um, and just the, actually, the what? I actually got to meet people that I haven't really met before. Like I, I don't know, David was on the one yeah. time. I was that was kind of neat Stupacus, um, yeah vanessa yeah. Le vanessa lemon she was on there yeah uh yeah it's really cool and it's just people you know social interaction for artists it's great because we're all kind of missing that these days all right i'm gonna let you go now so thank you everybody for listening don't hang up um bye everybody say goodbye bye thank you, <laughs> thank you.